In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. My name is Father Ed Broom, OMB, Oblate of the Virgin Mary. And as always, it's great to be with all of you in our Perseverance Family. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. So, I thank, very, thank Carmen very much for posting the fact that this is our titular feast day, the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. We celebrate this. It's the Holy Name of Mary, and we'll be talking about that today, among many other things. So let's honor Mary in a very special way. Uh, Mary, of course, her name has... <coughs> her holy name has many different dimensions. Mary is the Mother of God, Mary is the mother of the church, and Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. And also we say in the uh, the Hail Holy Queen, we invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's pray the prayer honoring the holy name of Mary the prayer that Mary loves most. And that prayer is, of course, the Hail Mary. Together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death, Amen. And as always, we'd like to invite to be with us with great humility but great confidence our spiritual director. And our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles, among which would be Holy Spirit is known as the Paraclete, he intercedes for us. Holy Spirit is also known from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the, the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also the sanctifier, he who makes us holy. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of the soul. And the Holy Spirit is our counselor. He can give us good advice to make good decisions. Holy Spirit is also known as our consoler. We all go through moments of darkness and desolation Mary is the star of the sea that enlightens our path. And also taken from Romans chapter 8, St. <coughs> Paul says we, we don't really know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes 
for us with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's lift our minds, our hearts to our spiritual director and beg the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light, a lot of peace, a lot of joy. On this day, in which the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, we celebrate our titular feast day, and we'll talk about that. As we pray the classical prayer to the Most Holy Spirit, together. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. Thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful, by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. <clears throat> World without end. Amen. Mary most holy, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Saint Gabriel, pray for us. Saint Raphael, pray for us. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. Venerable Father Brunelland Terry, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. This is the day the Lord is made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. So, today is the titular feast day of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'll be talking about that, but also I'll be praying for all of you in a special way in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is the greatest of all prayers, the greatest of all prayers. It is the prayer par excellence. And I'd be praying for these intentions. First, that all of us, in honor of Mary, would be open to the inner workings of the Holy Spirit. That perhaps today we would say this prayer in honor of Mary and the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. 
Come, Holy Spirit, come to the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come to the heart of Mary. My next intention would be I'd like to pray for your families. For the conversion, the sanctification, and the salvation of all of our family members. Calling to mind the words of Christ, our Lord said, What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul in the process? What can we exchange for our souls? Finally, on this feast day of the holy name of Mary, let's pray. Let's pray that those who will be dying today through Mary's prayers, that they will be saved. We know that Mary is very, very powerful in her prayers. We pray to Mary, especially in the moment that we die, that she'll obtain for us the grace of all graces. And the grace of all graces, my friends, is, according to St. Alphonsus, is to die in the state of grace. The grace of all graces is to die in the state of grace. So those will be the intentions I'll be placing on the altar and the holy sacrifice of the Mass today. Okay, my friends. Today will be a believe a very rich conversation which probably going to learn quite a bit and um, so start off with this today is the titular feast day of the oblates of the Virgin Mary and the name is the holy name of Mary there you can see the holy name of Mary September 12th and you see the oblate you can see the oblate um, motto. Very small, but it, in Latin you can see Maria Cogita, Maria Invoca, which means invoke, think about Mary and invoke Mary. Think about Mary, invoke Mary. So this is a day in which all of us as oblates throughout the world wherever we are, in Italy, or we're in Argentina, or Brazil, or we're in Africa, or the Philippines, the United States, Canada, wherever, wherever we have oblates, this is a day in which we made our, our first profession of the religious vows that we make. And those religious vows would be that of chastity, poverty, and obedience. And then, traditionally, every year, we renew these vows. When we're in temporal vows, which depends upon the congregation for us, is about three years. We renew those vows every year. And then we make what is called perpetual vows, which were perpetually uh, united 
to the family that we've chosen, and for us it would be the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. So our titular feast day is the Holy Name of Mary. The Holy Name of Mary. So our founder, our founder, Venerable Father Bruno Terry. I have a picture of him here. Just have a smaller picture of him here. You may not be able to see it too well, but I, I think you can see it. Uh, it's kind of dark. But this is a picture of my founder. He's uh, pointing to St. Ignatius and the Blessed Mother in the sense that the Blessed Mother was the one that gave the St. Ignatius the spiritual exercise. So, okay, this is my business card now. So, there you have... There you have <coughs> the, uh, the, the, the thrust and the origin of this. So, if you go through the lives of the saints, especially the saints who have founded orders. They have devotion to Mary. But the devotion to Mary the devotion to Mary is different for every saint. So if I were to take the saintly founders, I'm just going to go through the different different uh, aspects or dimensions of Marian devotion. You might think of it <coughs> as you would think about a diamond and refraction. You expose a big diamond to the sunlight, you're going to see emanating from the diamond, a rainbow of colors. A rainbow of colors. So Mary is this beautiful diamond from which a rainbow of colors can be admired. So let's uh, let's do this. Okay, if we to take St. Bernard, and we have a beautiful reading in the Liturgy of the Hours for the Oblates by St. Bernard, who is instrumental in the founding of the Cistercian Order. St. Bernard calls out to Mary as Stella Maris. Stella Maris, my friends, is, is Latin for the star of the sea which St. Bernard depicts an image, an image at sea a thousand years ago, before there were lighthouses, and the mariners, the captains, the ships would be directed not so much by artificial light, but rather by the star. So the 
captain directing the ship would be looking at the star as a means by which he could orient himself and to arrive safely at shore. And St. Bernard uses that as an analogy of ourselves in our spiritual life, in which we're being battered by so many different elements, different winds and forces and attractions that can that can capsize and sink us. And St. Bernard insists we have to look up our gaze and contemplate Mary, the Stella Maris. Mary's the star of the sea. And she'll direct us safely and soundly to the port of our salvation. So that's the great St. Bernard known as the mellifluous doctor. Also attributed to St. Bernard is a beautiful prayer called the Memorare. Take another founder. Take another founder. Okay, St. Augustine. Celebrated the feast day of St. Augustine about two weeks ago, at the end of August. After his conversion to St. Augustine, founded the order that we call the Augustinians. The title, the Marian title, very dear to the heart of St. Augustine and the Augustinians, is Our Lady of Good Counsel. So Stella Maris, we we depict Mary as the star guiding us amidst the storms and tempests of our earthly pilgrimage to the port of salvation. When we invoke Mary with the title that Augustine really loved, Our Lady of Good Counsel, basically what we're begging Mary is the following. We're basically begging Mary for the grace to help us to utilize our mind and to activate the moral virtue of prudence, which is perfected by the gift of the Holy Spirit called counsel. It's the art of right decision in action. And you know, my friends, uh, making a wrong decision on an important matter can be, can be catastrophic. I'd like to repeat, making a wrong decision on an important matter can be catastrophic. For example, someone marrying the wrong person can be a disaster. And that sometimes happens more often than you're aware of. So a lady of good counsel can help us in making important decisions. For example, the gospel today, we have Jesus spending the whole night in prayer. Jesus spends the whole night in prayer in communion with his heavenly father. Why? Because Jesus was going to make a very important decision 
that decision was the the twelve apostles that he would choose to be his disciples and followers. So the more important the decision is, the more time we should spend in reflecting and discerning before eventually making that decision. And Our Lady of Good Counsel, Our Lady of Good Counsel can definitely can definitely help us. Let's move on. In the 13th century, we have a couple of founders, very famous. One would be St. Dominic, the other one would be St. Francis. St. Dominic lived in the time, in the 1200s, there was a very pernicious and pervasive heresy called the Albigensian heresy. And many Catholics had abandoned the ship and following some of the Albigensians. St. Dominic, with a bishop, went about preaching from town to town, trying to bring Catholics back, but with very little success. Till he was in the forest of Toulouse, France, and he almost entered into a kind of like a mystical state where the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to him and said, My son Dominic, if you really want to convert these people, then you have to pray and you have to preach the rosary. Dominic obeyed Mary, a lady of the rosary, and he started to preach the importance of praying the rosary. Consequently, many, many souls returned to the Catholic faith abandoning the heretical teachings of the Albigensians. And that was through the preaching of the rosary. Therefore, Dominicans, priests, brothers and nuns, you can tell that they're walking because they walk with the rosary at their side. And that is, that is the specific, that is the specific Marian charismatic grace of the Dominicans. Founded by St. Dominic, the OP, the Order of Preachers, but they, they preach, they preach the Holy Rosary. They preach the Holy Rosary. So let's move on. A saint that lived contemporaneously with Saint Dominic is a saint is the great Saint Francis of Assisi. If you ever go to Assisi, you can go to what is called the Porciuncola. And Saint Francis had a great devotion to Mary under the title as of <clears throat> Our Lady of the Angels. We live in Los Angeles, which is Technically, Santa Maria de los 
Santa Maria de los Angeles, Our Lady, Queen of the Angels. This big, the biggest diocese in the United States is, is Los Angeles, is Santa Maria, Reina de los Angeles. So, St. Francis and the Franciscans have a special love for <coughs> Our Lady under the title of Our Lady of the Angels. At the end of this month, my friends, on September 29th, we'll be celebrating the feast day of the three archangels. September 29th, we celebrate St. Michael, St. Gabriel, and St. Raphael. I prayed to those three angels. You'll notice as I begin our perseverance prayer period, I always pray to St. Michael, St. Gabriel, and St. Raphael. Let's move on. Let's move on. How about if we were to take take St. Ignatius of Loyola? St. Ignatius of Loyola, we have this picture of my founder who is in the cave of Manresa. It's kind of dark, but my founder is pointing to our Lady and St. Ignatius is writing down the spiritual exercises dictated from Mary. Now the title that St. Ignatius has, and if you go to the Jesu in Rome, you'll see this title. I'll say it in, uh, in Italian and translate it into English and Spanish. It's it's La Madonna della Strada. La Madonna della Strada. Translated in Spanish, it'd be Santa Maria del Camino, the famous song, Our Lady of the Way. So in English, we say Our Lady of the Way. And how can that be interpreted? Well, the song goes as such. Wherever we go, In our lives, we want Mary to accompany us. In our travels, we want Mary to come with us. When we leave our home, we want Mary to accompany us. We travel from one place to the next, we want Mary to accompany us. We, may, we want Mary to accompany, accompany us to protect us, to encourage us, so that we can arrive. safely at our eternal destiny. Safely at our eternal destiny. So that's St. Ignatius, the founder of the Jesuits. Let's move on. We have the founders. We have the founder of the Congregation of the Most Holy Redeemer. And the name of this founder, his name is Saint Alphonsus Maria Liguori. Thanks to this saint, thanks to the Redemptorist that he founded, there's a strong devotion in the Philippines especially to 
Our Lady under the title of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. According to tradition, this was painted by St. Luke. And it's a painting where you see Mary dressed as a queen in royalty. She has the child Jesus in her arms. The child Jesus has a sandal that's falling from one of his feet. The child Jesus is contemplating an angel who is presenting to him the cross. And the child Jesus is in Mary's hand and she's clinging to one of her fingers. And Mary is looking. He's looking at us with a very serious countenance. Because that Our Lady of Perpetual Help, Jesus is looking at the cross, the instrument by which he will suffer and die for us. It's a very beautiful title. And really what it means is this. We all have problems. We all have struggles. We all have temptations. We all have tribulations. In those problems we have, we should turn to Mary and she will, perpetual help means that she's always going to help us. When we say that prayer of St. Bernard, the Memorare, we say, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who pled your protection, implored your help or sought your intercession, was left unaided. So during the struggles and trials of our life, let us lift up our gaze and turn to Mary, Mary, who will always help us. You know, one of my favorite prayers is, Lord, help me. Mary, help me. From the heart. That's a good prayer. Jesus, help me. Mary, help me. St. Joseph, help me. Good prayers, said with fervent devotion. They can penetrate the skies and bring down a shower of graces upon us. Lord, help me. So let's move on. What I'm doing, my friends, in honor of the founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, I'm giving different titles of names that the founders have given to Mary is, of course, a very prominent (coughs) and important person in our congregation. So let's take another one. In the 19th century, in the 19th century, 1800s, we have one of the greatest men that lived in the world. Perhaps one of the greatest. His name was the great, and I say the great, St. John Bosco. Who I admire so very much. St. John Bosco. St. John Bosco, 
was instrumental in doing so much good. But he founded a congregation and the name of the congregation are the Salesians. And the Salesians he took in because he admired very much St. Francis de Sales. Both of them struggled with acquiring the virtue of meekness and patience, both of them. So St. John Bosco would be instrumental of founding the, the Salesians, the male branch, and then there would be the female branch that was created by John Bosco with the help of St. Maria Mozzarella. The Salesians, founded by John Bosco, he chose a Marian title, which is very dear to our heart. And the name of that would be Our Lady Help of Christians. Our Lady Help of Christians. Very much related to a lady of perpetual help. And St. John Bosco, in one of his dreams, he presents a ship being tossed at sea, surrounded by enemy ships that are shooting at the ship with cannonballs. The cruisemen are looking out, and the captain, who would be the Pope, looks out and he gazes into the sea and he sees these two pillars. These two pillars that are ascending from the water. One is higher than the other. On the top, on the higher one, you can see the Blessed Sacrament. On the lower one, you can see the Blessed Virgin Mary dressed in white with a blue sash with her hands folded, looking at the Blessed Sacrament. And the interpretation of that, somewhat like Stella Maris, is the ship is the church. Our leader is the Pope, and we have the bishops. The sea and the enemy ships would be our enemies, the enemies to our salvation, the devil, the flesh, and the world. And the sure means to help us to arrive at our salvation will be love for the Eucharist and love to Mary, help of Christians. So the ship makes it safely to the shore and is anchored there, anchored to Mary and the Eucharist. Beautiful vision. Of all the dreams, all the dreams and visions of St. John Bosco, that would be the most, the most well-known, the, the most famous. So moving on. We're moving on. Moving from the 19th century into the 20th century. We have the person of St. Maximilian Kolbe. Kolbe was a Franciscan. But St. Maximilian Kolbe 
had a very, very special devotion to the Immaculata. And here we have an image of the Immaculata. So much so that Colby would carry these medals in his pocket. And he would give out these medals to people as a sign of their consecration to Mary. Colby lived in the time lived in the time of the Cristeros in Mexico, the economic depression in the United States. And when he went to Rome, he saw something that struck him. He saw a huge image of Satan crushing the head of St. Michael and Mary. It was blasphemy. The exact opposite of this. You see, see this, if you can see below, Mary is stepping on the head of the serpent, which refers to Genesis chapter 3.15, which is known as the Proto-Evangelium, the Proto-Evangelium of the first gospel. We read, after the sin of Adam and Eve, the word of God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between her seed and yours, and she will crush your head. So Colby, he set up what is called the militia, the militia of the Immaculata, which means the army of Mary. And he saw the real danger of the Masons spreading like wildfire, especially in Europe. So Colby set up an army in honor of Mary. So that by praying the rosary, wearing the miraculous medal, spreading devotion to Mary, trying to imitate the virtues of Mary, evil would be conquered by good. So this would be Maximilian Colby's, so to speak, claim to fame in his devotion to Mary. So there we have St. Maximilian Colby. Let's move on to another then. Another modern saint would be Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Yes, thank you, Sophie, for being our secretary today because Carmen is in the car driving. Mother Teresa had great devotion to Mary. And her great devotion could be summarized in her great love for the Immaculate Heart of Mary. That's right, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And the Lady of Fatima said that in the end, her Immaculate Heart, her Immaculate Heart would, would triumph. The Immaculate Heart of Mary. Here we have a an image I have in my study of the of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The Immaculate Heart of Mary. Sweetheart of Mary be my salvation. 
And then we have, then we have, my friends, we'll talk about our titular feast day today. The founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, OMB, Oblat de Maria Virgine, he founded the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. And the titular feast day of the Oblates is September 12th, which we honor the most holy name of Mary. I'd like to tell you a story that illustrates the the real power that we have in the person, the presence of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it's the following. One of the greatest literary masterpieces is written by Dante Alighieri. Dante Alighieri. And he wrote the classic, it's called The Divine Comedy. In The Divine Comedy, Dante is ascending with Virgil through the different circles in hell then purgatory, then eventually he makes it to heaven. There is, there is, a point or chapter (coughs) in which There is a very serious grave sinner that the devil wants to get a hold of. The devil wants to get a hold of him and wants to drag him into the pit of hell. And the devil talking to Jesus claims this sinner before the throne of Christ. And the devil is accusing this this man of many sins. But Jesus says to the devil, that this man will not be condemned. And the reason is because on one occasion this poor sinner he invoked he called out 
to the name of Mary. And the fact that he called out to the holy name of Mary. Just crying out to Mary on one occasion. That was enough for Jesus to save this soul. Just calling out one time the holy name of Mary was enough for Mary to intercede for him and so that he would be saved. So invoking the holy name of Mary. I'd like to tell you another story in the power of the intercession of Mary. There was a young man lived in France about 400 years ago. And he was suffering from great scrupulosity. And he was tainted by the heresy of the day and it was named Jansenism. This young man felt that he was condemned, that he was damned, that he couldn't make it to heaven. So, he can't eat, he can't sleep, losing a lot of weight, his health is going to be, is, is going to be jeopardized. So he's walking down He's walking the city of Paris. And he enters into a church in the city of Paris. And the name of the church in French is Notre Dame de la Victoire. In Spanish, La Victoria. In English, we call it Our Lady of Victory. So the young man enters the church almost on the brink of despair. And in the church there's a beautiful statue of Our Lady of Victory. And in front of the statue there is that prayer that we mentioned earlier. The name of the prayer is the Memorare. Attributed to St. Bernard. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was known that anyone who fled your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left, left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly unto you, O Virgin, and Virgin, my mother. Should I come before I kneel, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my prayers, but in your mercy, in your mercy, in your mercy, graciously hear and answer me. So with a lot of fervor and devotion, the young man says that prayer. And it's almost as if something miraculous happened right away. He felt as if like a huge weight was taken off him. Like a load 
he was then burdened by this heavy load was taken off his shoulders. And he experienced a great peace and joy of soul. And he went on to get his degree in law. Then he went on to become a priest. Then the young man was sent to Chablais, the stronghold of the Calvinists, where there's about 56,000 Calvinists and 56 Catholics. After he had finished working with them, there were 56,000 Catholics and 56 Calvinists. He went on to become a bishop in his 30s, went on to write some of the most beautiful Catholic books in the world, Treatise on Love, another would be Introduction to the Devout Life, and instrumental in founding the Order of the Visitation Nuns. Who was this person? Who was this person that was saved by invoking the Holy Name of Mary? This, my friends, I've hidden his name from you, but once I say it, you're going to say, oh, wow, it's the great Saint Francis de Sales. Saint Francis de Sales was saved by kneeling in front of Our Lady, invoking her holy name, praying the prayer of Saint Bernard, the Memorare, the temptation evaporated as if in thin air. He finished his degree as a lawyer, went on to become a priest, and one of the greatest missionaries converting thousands of souls by his word, by his written word, by his ability to debate, but his great love for Jesus and for Mary. This is the title. The Patron Saint of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. And it is Our Lady, the, the, the Holy Name of Mary. So in our Oblate emblem, I just have things in miniature today, but you can barely see it. If you get really, really close, it says Oblate. I think you can see it. Can you see it there? It says Maria Cogita, Maria Invoca. Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Maria Cogita, Maria Invoca. I think you were able to see it. Maria Cogita, Maria Invoca. Cogita is, is Latin for, it's for, it's for, Cogita is Latin for, for, for think. Invoca is to invoke. So, we, we think about Mary, we think about Mary, we invoke Mary. We think about Mary and we invoke Mary. Now, my friends, 
one of the ways, one of the prayers in which you can honor the holy name of Jesus and Mary is the invocations that we make at the end of a holy hour. That's right, the invocation we make at the end of the holy hour. And these are called, I'm sure you've done it more than once, these are called the divine praises after we receive the blessing from the Blessed Sacrament and we kneel down with the priest or deacon we say the divine praises. So to honor the holy names of Jesus and Mary I'd like to pray with all of you the divine praises. Perhaps you'll even know them by heart. These are the divine praises. Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be His most sacred heart. Blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God. Mary most holy. Blessed be your holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be your glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, virgin and mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in His angels and His saints. May the heart of Jesus in the most blessed sacrament be praised, adored, and worshipped with grateful affection in all the tabernacles of the world now and until the end of time. So, my friends, as part of the Perseverance family, you belong to the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. May this be your motto today, tomorrow and always, as you lift up your gaze to Stella Maris, the Mary, the star of the sea. May you have Mary in your mind, in your heart, in your lips, in your lives, in time, and for all eternity. And I will give you, right now, my priestly blessing and invite you all to pray for the Oblates of the Virgin Mary that we would be Stella Maris.
shining stars for many people to guide them safely and securely to the port of salvation. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless all of you through the intercession of Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Amen.